Greetings and welcome to the Franz Barden Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Sabom, and I am going to be talking about step five today, and we're going to run through step five. And let's go ahead and start with the spirit schooling, the soul schooling. I have a lot to say, but with the spirit schooling, you're going into the depth point of objects, animals, and people, which is, you know, what it says, the depth point, the deepest point, the center of the core of whatever you're going into, even if it includes yourself, which it does later in this chapter, And going into that is framed by Barden as kind of a spatial orientation. And he talks about being as small as an atom. And I think the natural inclination here would be to imagine like a pinprick in the middle of the solar plexus of yourself and others. And you're compressing your consciousness down to the size of a pinprick. Well, first, first of all, a pinprick has tons of atoms in it. You know, there's tons of atoms in the ball of the pin. So just think about going to an atom. It's so small. It's not. It's not a place you're going to reside. So. In a sense, it's basically absence of self, you know, it's kind of absence of the ego and going into the true essence, the deepest part of the core. And I think preparation for this is definitely done with vacancy of the mind. And if you, you know, you're on step five and you get to step five, hopefully you've been practicing vacancy of mind regularly still, because that is going to be a journey in a place where, you know, the development can really, really take off from that vacancy of mind and consciousness can expand It can become more pliable and one's spirit can extend for a very good distance, ultimately all of infinity and the vacancy of mind will lead you there. So I think vacancy of mind connects you to your true essence and your deepest part of your core because the spirit is the highest level and the vacancy of mind is done with the spirit or mental plane. And so that's going to take you into your essence. And so when you go into that and go into the essence, the core of you, you know, that is much closer to what the depth point is than the pinprick in the solar plexus. And doing the vacancy of mind is going to lead you to a place where you can actually feel for yourself 
a core sense of balance and being in the solar plexus. So hopefully that's that's the point it will take you to. And if you've done it consistently up until that point, you will you will have located your own core. So think of it as going into the deepest part of the core of an object, the deepest part of the core of the animal and the human. And it is their deepest essence you're going into. Now, what I realized is when I began this step, I realized I had already kind of gone ahead and done it in the previous step, in step four, with just the transference of consciousness into objects. And my empathy had taken me to the depth point. So that's what I had already done. So, of course, I worked on it again in this exercise from the way in which, you know, I just described. And it was very similar to what I did in step four. So, I, I had gone into the depth point of things uh, by just trying to transfer my consciousness. I guess I was just kind of led by intuition and, you know, perhaps some divine aid in that by getting there. And so it was very similar to step four. Now, may, for some of you, it may be very different from step four. It may be a very different feeling. Um, it's definitely deeper in I, I feel like it needs to be something that's deeply relaxed, you know. It's not a strain, and it's not a stress, and it's not compressing your spirit into a ball. I mean, in a sense, that can kind of, kind of is the natural unfolding of vacancy of mind, that, you know, it, there's a spacelessness and timelessness to it. So it does kind of, you know, eliminate what might be called the spiritual ego. But um, this is not a straining kind of exercise here, even though it may be worded in a way that that makes it seem as such. So that is my take on this step one and the depth point. And it may take you practice. And, you know, I, frankly, I'm not sure exactly where people do get stuck on this. Um, I do know that, you know, when the spirit can kind of go too far and there's not the soul and physical foundation underneath, it can cause some anxiety. So if the spirit schooling in this step or even in previous steps causes anxiety and panic, I would stop and I would go back and work on the soul schooling more. And when I say the soul schooling more, I mean the soul schooling of all the steps up until this point. So now on to the soul schooling and 
I'm going to back up here and talk about my own process and how it unfolded. Because part of the challenge for me in recording a podcast on the steps is that I want to be transparent about how I went through this because I feel like that's the best way to help others. And so doing that, I, you know, I have to concede again and again that my own process doesn't fit neatly into the steps. I got ahead of myself without really meaning to, but it was happening, so I just went with it. And when I got ahead of myself, it was the elemental accumulation, the elemental balance, and the soul-schooling exercises in steps three, four, and five. And Barden emphasizes in step four that you basically want to make it primary and should not skimp on the soul-schooling in step four. And I wanted to get the soul-schooling down in three, four, and five so well that when it came to step five, I was able to accumulate enough of the elements and have enough elemental balance and be skilled enough working with the elements to be able to measure a room with a thermometer, to be able to project a fireball. And so what happened in my two years of doing the soul schooling in three, four, and five is that I basically got a lot of the abilities already that are mentioned in later steps. I was able easily to connect with the astral plane. I was able easily to see and talk and meet to some of my guides I was able to hook into the Akasha and feel like the elements were spilling into the Akasha and was connecting everything and giving me this sense of power and force. And so I've done a whole lot of work, or I spend a whole lot of time simply working with the elements in the way that it's described in steps three, four, and five. It was really two years. That's a long amount of time, but it produced results and it produced clairvoyance. It produced being able to move objects with the electromagnetic power as all of this charging and balancing the elements, sometimes even compressing the elements, going into the Akasha, got all of the electromagnetic fluid running, and got the electromagnetic fluid strong, and it carried me, and it healed a lot of me too that still needed some healing. And so this became something that basically took me through just about all of the abilities mentioned in initiation into hermetics, 
with just working on the element so much. So that's what I did, and that's how it unfolded. So I had already traveled, met some of my guides in the astral plane, met more by just tuning in and talking to them. There were rows of faces and messages to give me. There were ancestors of my own family that I knew, and there was a sense of being in the highest plane with them and being able to connect and talk to to the other side without having to use any special tools, just basically doing it from the Akasha after I had charged and balanced the elements completely. So this focus on soul schooling was so primary to me that I think I'm going to make a digital course on magical equilibrium or elemental equilibrium. Um, you know, a, a, an expensive digital course for people to get because this is what really carried me through the work. And, and it helped all of these things, you know, happen and things manifested a whole lot easier. There was just a momentum and a balance that occurred in me. And basically, at the end of the day, power. And I do think it is kind of power that people get into magic for. And now we have the physical. And the physical is a lot, a lot of complicated stuff, you know, using these tools to call, contact your guardian angel, um, using a passive communication, going into a trance, um, talking to the other side. And I went through all this, but it, none of it was as effective as having already at this point met my guides and met my met my kind of you know I don't even know what you want to call it my my kind of uh pri my kind of just private sphere of of guides and guardians and angels you know um that applies to me um and you know so so none of this was as effective things do happen um, things did happen, things did move, yes, no answers could come, but it felt kind of tedious to me, and it felt unnecessary, so, you know, that's kind of, uh, my take on it, you know, my suggestion is to follow the suggestions given in the, in the physical, schooling in this chapter if you still you know maybe through the elements did not kind of meet your guides or travel or jump ahead like I did to go ahead and go through these and see if you can get a response and you may be taken you may be simply taken to your higher self so if you 
are in contact with your higher self, which the journey of vacancy of mind can do, then in a sense, your greater self is in a sense kind of the same thing as your guides. I mean, at a certain level of spirit in the heights of the spirit mental realm, you know, everything is one. So that deep spiritual, you know, essence is basically, you know, uh, good enough. I would say if that, if that helps you to understand it more as that. Now, if you want a separate being, then, you know, you have the task of going through these exercises and seeing what will happen. And, um, and another thing I will add is with the lifting of the finger, I, I took the opportunity, of course, to, um, you know, charge it with the air element. And I liked that a lot better for raising it. But when Barton talks about raising it with your mind and your will rather than your muscles, that's a very hard exercise and it's a very dislodging kind of feeling for some. It was for me at first. And the way I was able to do it, which I've described in previous podcasts as something I don't like, because if I do it too much, I end up getting a cold for two days. But it's to basically use my soul body rather than my physical body. Obviously, the muscles are... Um, you know, the physical body, the, the nervous system is the physical body. The soul body is the kind of inner body. And, you know, advanced yoga practitioners work to achieve this inner body state. Eckhart Tolle in The Power of Now, which I suggest everybody reads if they can. Um, I feel like it will help with Barden work and be a great compliment to it. But he talks about it as the inner body, the body inside the body, which is also the soul body or the astral body. And you can move your fingers with that. You can move your hands with that and ideally move your entire body up against the force of gravity with, you know, a strongly willed soul body. Um, is the idea of that. But I, I do not like this method near as much as simply using the air element and making things lighter. Um, it feels just kind of a disintegration process that's happening consciously, but still kind of disintegrates when you separate the soul body from the physical body. And Barton doesn't get deep into that in, in this chapter. This is just kind of me talking about um, the different components around all of this in the physical schooling part. So, um, yeah, I, I feel a little bit, um, you know, I hope this is helpful to some and, um, you know, uh, but you know, my own process with this, the elements carried me 
to get a lot of the abilities by the end of step five. But it, but don't think it was easy to do, you know, or, well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily easy or hard. It just took a lot of time because I wanted force. I wanted to go all the way. I mean, Barden says it's not necessary in this exercise in step five soul schooling. It's not necessary to, you know, measure it with a thermometer. I mean, one can accumulate the elements in the body, in parts of the body, in the hands, and release them that way. One can work with the elements outside the body and create the space around you. And those exercises can be done to a lesser extent, perhaps really quickly. They can just be imaginative exercises that they do. But I wasn't satisfied with that. I saw that the way my own subjective personality was made, that the soul schooling and the elemental balance charging, connecting to the Akasha, getting the electromagnetic fluid, that was my secret sauce in this, and I discovered it early in the steps with Barden. And so, you know, tons of abilities already came to me through that in that two years where I was simply just focusing on working with the elements. And I did that because Barden so often in this text will have a whole lot of different tasks and different instructions and then at the end of it basically say but I will leave it to the each magician to determine what is right for him you know so he will always like give these tasks and lay out a plan and then said well yeah but it's up to you ultimately too you know, personally to determine what's best. So I took that part and ran with it. I think some people uh, miss that part of initiation into hermetics. But definitely follow your own lead, follow your own intuition, follow your own needs. So hope this has been helpful. If you're getting stuck at a particular point, I can definitely help you. I do offer inexpensive coaching services over Zoom. So no matter where you're located, we can see each other. All you have to do is just write me at thegraveyardcowboy at gmail.com. Thegraveyardcowboy, no spaces, at gmail.com. And we can set up a coaching session. And so, because... You know, and I love it. I love it. I love it when I'm able to help students in exactly where they're stuck, you know, um, help them through it. It's it's been it's been a fun experience so far doing that. So um, many blessings to everyone. Hope everyone is well. And I will see you on the next episode.